Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for your Boston Celtics. John, uh, a week ago, you and I were absolutely pumped for opening night. Mm -hmm. And I don't need to break all this down because there's been a lot of conversation obviously in the last week but you know how much I wanted Gordon Hayward in green and we're talking going back near on two years at this point two trade deadlines ago for certain I'd say probably around early February middle of January when it seemed like he might become available and people were looking at getting value on his, you know, expiring deal to be coming up, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought this would be an upgrade over Evan Turner. He could shoot from outside. This would be awesome. I want Gordon Hayward. And really, I never left that train. And then literally five minutes into his NBA career with the Celtics, uh, obviously was with the Jazz for several years before that, but, but five minutes – and I literally was in shock. I don't know about you, but I did not see most of that first half. Not that there was much to see, but I didn't see most of that first half because I was just glued to Twitter trying to figure out, well, the picture told a thousand words, obviously, but trying to figure out just how bad it might be, what they were going to do, how they were going to handle it, and uh, just a, a complete and utter shock. I was in a meeting at at work uh and i'm i'm just sitting there with you know watching listening to people probably zoning out trying to like not check my phone because i was recording the game and i wanted to see it all in person but then my phone just went nuts like it went it was like it was like boom 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 and the only and i have an apple watch and it so it gives you the the little we're talking about this before the show it gives you a little bit of, you know, what's going on. And, and it got, I got a tweet from David Aldridge that said, dear God, no. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not good. And then, you know, get well, Gordon Hayward. And I was like, oh, that's not good. That's really not good. And, you know, I called it up very quickly and saw it while I was sitting in the meeting and just, it was a long ride home. Let me just say that. So and, you didn't and, even get to enjoy the game or any of the buildup. You had it on DVR. You yep. were going to go home, absorb it, and then yep. 
you were worried right. more along the lines of the spoil or the the surprise getting spoiled that the Celtics were able to take the first one and Kyrie Irving hits a last minute shot, which did almost happen anyway. But but you were thinking if if anything goes bananas, they're just going to spoil a really awesome win in the new era, and instead. You get dragged into the depths, and did you watch the game then when you got home? I watched parts of it. Uh, actually, it ended right after I got home, so I, I immediately was getting. You know, I knew that they had they had lost the game. Um, I was, but I started from the beginning and just devastation. It was terrible, um, you know. And I think so. I think the thing was is that, you know, there was so much promise, so much that people brought to the table with this, this beginning of this year, thinking this is like 08. I, I don't know about you. I didn't think like this is 08. I didn't get that same sense. Like you, I was excited to see Hayward here. I thought, you know, Kyrie was a special player. I liked where things were going with the young players. But I didn't get that same feeling as I did in 2008. I was excited, but I wasn't at that level. But boy, oh, I was. I'm, glad, I'm glad I wasn't there because it's it's further to fall. It, it so. was a far drop, my friend. I yeah. was I was there. Um, I didn't. It wasn't the same because it wasn't Kevin Garnett. It's a different cast of characters. There are a lot more Brad Stevens personality type of characters, you know, metered. And what I loved about KG was the energy. So obviously, I was super excited. Plus, we had already ridden that train with Paul Pierce, and, and it's almost like. You could compare it to 08 if Isaiah Thomas was still here because you have this player that you've already identified with. So in that regard, two very different seasons. But I do think that I thought this team had a real good shot at getting to the finals. I I, I sincerely believed that. And a lot of it had to do with the fact that I thought the young players could be pretty capable. If you think about it, just take Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward and Al Horford and put them on the same level as Paul Pierce, KG and Ray Allen. And I'm not going to say that you have your KG in there. You, you may not, but I would say that those three players get you pretty close. But then let me ask you, do you want Rajon Rondo and Kendrick Perkins with that three or do you want a Jalen Brown and a Jason Tatum? And just based on what the defense can do, I really felt like, again, and we talked about this in the preseason, but I felt strongly that defensively they would be able to hold their own and that the expectations wouldn't be really high. And we argued about whether or not this team had depth, and I felt like this team had the depth. I think they had way more depth than they did in that 08 season. So I was excited. Did I think they would come out of the East for sure? No, I still placed them as underdogs to Cleveland, especially if Isaiah got healthy. But at the end of the day, I thought they had a good shot at it. They definitely have had the – this is definitely the best collection of talent you know, since that 08 team, or maybe not that, you know, that that big three era, I guess we can pick apart which team we thought was the best, but 08's the one that won the championship, and they had Posey and Eddie House, and we're riding with that. But at the end of the day, I did think that they had a, a shot at going to the finals. Did I think they would win the championship this year? No, I did not. I, I thought the the West is real strong this year. I thought it would have been a real uphill battle, but I did think that, Ultimately, they had a shot at going to the finals, and I, I thought there was no reason we wouldn't see them exceed expectations in the early going, maybe finally not have an injury-riddled 
uh, 500 level start to the season. Although even that's out the window. We move Hayward. You still have Morris and then Smart with the ankle. And it looks like injuries are still going to play out. Yeah. I, you know, I, I guess, you know, I didn't, partly I was kind of tempering expectations, maybe because I, as you said, we talked about the bench and I didn't have that same, um, I just wasn't, a, Part of it may be the Warriors. Part of it may be the fact that the, the East wasn't as wide open as it was in 2008. You know, I also think the team that we had in 2008 was one that was players who were closer to the zenith of, of the top of, you know, what, you know, players that were playing at that time. Um, you know, Kyrie is a guy who's a really good player, probably a 10, 11, 12 best player in the league, somewhere in that neighborhood, um, with potential to be better, 25 years old, but he hadn't hit, you know, the peak there. Uh, you know, KG, same, you know, KG hat was there. He was at the mountaintop. He'd won an MVP. Uh, Paul Pierce, you know, as good as he was going to be, Ray, same, you know, there was, there's was just, it was about growth this year. And that's why I wasn't, I wasn't putting too much into this year because I thought, well, this is about them growing into whatever that next step is. It's, they'll be good. They'll be competitive. They should go a deep run into the playoffs. But as you said, the West, there's some, there's some world beaters over there. And, and the East is no, you know, easy shakes with LeBron. So between those two things, and I felt, as you said, the bench really wasn't quite there. Um, no, I didn't tough. say that. You said that. I felt like the bench. I was think I'm right. There. I think I've been proven right here since the three games since that that bench isn't ready. Clearly, they're not ready. Uh, My well, God. Yeah, but but there's a <laughs> waterfall effect. To the Horford injury. Oh, if you right. no no listen, if you remember my argument about the bench, I know it was right. I don't, all I don't. predicated on Hayward. So yeah, whatever but, happens from five minutes little, and so many seconds into the season on cannot be used against me. But you were you were saying that it was it was Isaiah Thomas. It was like Isaiah Thomas issued you know throughout basically is what what's the difference with Kyrie having one player. Um, who can do those things we've seen here over the last three, three games, really, um, you know, the ability, to, the inability for other players to step up, the inability for other players to kind of create point. those spots. Hayward was but, supposed but we to had those players last year. That. And, well, he, yes, but we had those players in Jay and, and Bradley. We don't have those guys right now. We're relying on guys who haven't done it before and they're having a harder time trying to find their balance, but yeah, and I be, think that's okay. But I agree. But it's because of the Hayward injury. It has such a waterfall effect on the rotations and everything else. And then you have yeah. Marcus Smart, who's injured, although that's the game they win, right? And so there, there's a lot to this, but yeah. it does substantially impact the team. Um, mm-hmm. Real quick, just a reminder, you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter, at CSL underscore Tweet Live. Follow me, at CSL underscore Justin. You can follow John Duke, at CSL underscore Duke. The entire CLNS Media Network is at CLNS Media and the Facebook page, facebook.com slash CLNS Fans. Download the CLNS Media app for iOS and Android. Simply search CLNS Media in your app marketplace and the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash CLNS Media for high-definition, full-length locker room interviews and the Garden Report with Nick Gelso, Jimmy Toscano, Josue Pavone, and Trags. So, listen, here's the thing I'm going to throw at you, John. I know we want to talk about the bench and the impact of Hayward and all that, but there was something else that you said about Kyrie Irving, and you placed him in that 10 to 12 range. 
I can tell you, I know it was only five minutes into the season and it was against his former team, but I'm just going to put this out there that Kyrie looked way better with Hayward out there. And, and I think, or I want, I think that the loss of Hayward is going to have a pretty dramatic impact on Kyrie Irving. And I wanted to get your take. How much of a drop down does losing Hayward take Kyrie Irving? Not, not because Kyrie's not a good player or it's in his head or anything ridiculous like that. I just mean that starting three, a bunch of selfless players moving the ball around. And I liked, I liked what I saw from Kyrie in that game and even some of the subsequent games where I felt like he was, I think some people are now claiming selfless to a fault. But I liked that, and I think there is an element of that Hayward injury that's going to impact Kyrie and, and maybe even force him into having to be more of a selfish player uh, down the stretch. Well, there's no question. You're right that that his injury, probably the player that's most negatively impacted is Kyrie. I mean, now it all goes to his shoulders. You're absolutely. I mean, it's 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 no different than last year. Now you have one player, one point guard who's going to be responsible for doing all those things without any sort of team chemistry um, experienced by the players he's playing with, experience of players playing together, um, and everyone in a new system. And you're expecting him to be able to make heads or tails of that. Regardless of, you know, with, without Hayward, they were going to have some of those issues. Now those issues are magnified by 10. And unfortunately, we're in a situation now where – they're going to have to just figure it out. Hopefully these few days of vacation, uh, vacation from games, but you know, days <laughs> off. To, it does to, make to a difference right. though, right? Because we said that there would be a huge benefit to these younger players being able to get some practices in. That statement yeah. has never been truer than now. Absolutely. Yeah. This is, and they've got a, a long run here through, through November. They're going to play a lot of games in the month of November. They need to make hay right now and try to figure it out. They, they said, uh, you know, talking to Steve pet today that they said, you know, Brad was like, you know, this is almost like the second day of training camp. They've had to re- hit the reset button on almost everything. And so now, just as you said, you're absolutely right. The waterfall effect is real. There is a true and distinct impact this has on Kyrie Irving. So now, what do the Celtics do? How do they respond? You know, you're going to have to ask a lot more of Al Horford. You're going to have to ask a lot more of Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. All of that just to do the things to stabilize. Never mind what that's going to do to Kyrie Irving and what's, what's being asked of him. I think that Kyrie Irving could have an MVP caliber season. I think that's entirely within his, his, in his it's wheelhouse. It's much more the likely now. That he's going to have to get some, some constant and consistent effort from the guys he's playing with. And that, I think, is the problem. Can he get the consistent efforts from guys like Tatum, Brown, Rozier, Smart? If he can get that, he could be an MVP this year. Well, the great news about having somebody like Tatum around, and ultimately Marcus Morris, too, he'll help space the floor. They still have some opportunities to take the attention off of Irving, which they did not have last year with... Uh, Isaiah Thomas. I mean, they really, I mean, you mentioned Avery Bradley, et cetera, but I just don't think the spacing was there. People are already falling in love with Aaron Baines because he gives you that toughness. And actually, I would say he gives you more toughness 
than Amir Johnson did. And I don't mean it like Amir Johnson wasn't a tough player, but I think you know what I'm saying is Amir was more positional and Absolutely. always in the right place. And I think Baines brings that level. I mean, just even look at that Cleveland game. You know, he was all using up his fouls. He was definitely trying to get charges on LeBron James when you just know they're not going your way, buddy. And yet it didn't stop him from standing in front of the freight train. And I'm all about it. Um, I can see why people are, are loving up on some Aaron Baines. But I guess what but I'm Tommy. getting at – Yeah. <laughs> Let's not go there. That's a couple of weeks old now. I don't even want to touch that one. <laughs> we actually avoided that. I'm surprised it didn't get on the show. We avoided that, and there it is. It got made its cameo. Um <laughs> Why'd you have to go there, dude? Why'd you have sorry. to go there? I'm sorry. Well, he just he left it right open there. It's like it Celtics like hot open... take live. That's right. That's right. Oh yeah, no, no. Oh, look at you. It's the it's the hand on the forehead of shame. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, back on the train. Let's get the right. ship righted. That's at right. the end at the end of the day, I want to go back to the practices thing because I do think because these guys are offensively gifted enough. There's enough offense that they can – it was really Hayward's defense and his ability to be a playmaker and, again, transition to that second unit. That's where I think all the drop-off is going to come from. Offensively, there's still going to be plenty of spacing. Now, you mentioned these guys are going to have to come up big. Where they're going to have to come up big is defensively. They need to be able to get stops down the stretch. I think they'll generate offense, despite the fact that the two losses showed the team unable to knock down – you know, the three pointers to be able to win it and the two losses. I know they, uh, they took one, uh, the last game that they played. So now they're one and two, but look at Jalen Brown in that game against Cleveland. He had a chance to win it. They were up. They were up big. They were riding some momentum. If he had knocked down that first three pointer, I'm not talking about the last one, but the first one that would have made the game very, I won't say out of reach for Cleveland, but very difficult for them to come back. And then of course, uh, Kyrie Irving misses his shot. Jalen gets one final chance at it doesn't knock it down uh, and even the game against Milwaukee showed the team having the ability they could be three and oh I mean it's not like the game the losses were miserable losses I think that's where the practice comes into play I think if Kyrie Irving still plays selflessly which I would actually sacrifice a few losses since my 55 55 win prediction is gone once again um I, I would say, you know, and I always put that caveat, that big asterisk of if they're healthy, but this was, you know, man, I wish I'd never even said that. I f- should have just eaten those words in the preseason. But I think with the practices, and I think if Kyrie stays selfless, I think these players are going to grow into the role. And I think it will be better off, even if Hayward doesn't come back, they'll be better off in the postseason for it. I think they will. I think you're right. They will be better off at the postseason for it. They have to grow within that and, and within what's before them. And, you know, you're looking at players like Tatum, who's never played. This is, he's got three games in the NBA in his history. You know, you had Jalen Brown, who's uh, one season plus a few games. You know, Terry Rozier is this, this wizened veteran with all of two years and three games under his belt. You Still know, an off guard. Still an off guard. No, I, I don't, you know, yeah. I, but that's the thing is like they've got, they've got to find their spots. And, um, I think Terry has been outstanding, you know, but all of these guys. He's been playoff Terry to start the season. 
Absolutely. Someone told him the playoffs started in, in October instead of in May, and so he's just going along with it, you know. That man he's saw amazing. opportunity. He, I mean, he saw opportunity and he was ready. And this is his year three. I will say, if he holds this up for the duration of this year, we'd have to rank his year three over Marcus Smart's. As much as you and I love Marcus Smart, this leap is the kind of leap that you're looking for. Again, it's early if he sustains it for the year. Well, and especially where this is the team, it seems right now that the issue isn't on the def- defensive end nearly as much as it is on the offensive end. Trying to figure out where they're going to get the points, I think, is a bigger concern. Defense, I feel like, is going to fall into place. It seems like that, you know, other than the you know, kind of massive – you know, brain farts, I suppose, that we've seen from guys like Sammy Ojale and, uh, in that, in the game against Milwaukee, where almost on three straight trips, he just kind of lost somebody. And it was, it was, it was a purely an inexperience issue. I think those issues are the ones that seem to be, they happen, but it's not, it hasn't been fatal for them. Offensively, I think it's been where the problem has been. And that's why I think you've seen Terry Rozier take a, a, a lighter, a, a lighter, you know, step, uh, into that next role of really being the team's sixth man. He's, he's been the guy, the scoring guy off the bench. And without, you know, with moving Tatum into the starting lineup and having Brown into the starting lineup, where is the scoring going to come from in that second unit? You have to look at a guy, Terry Rozier, to really help to try to keep things going. You know, everyone he's laughs. a rebounder, and this is a yeah. need for the team, especially at that guard position. We used to see, you know, Rondo actually was a pretty decent rebounder at the guard position. They're going to need that, especially with all of these rotations, et cetera. And, and we, we're going to table the next comment I'm going to make about the, your point about the offense. But even you look at somebody like Tatum for a rookie, they didn't have a shot blocker last year. So now they've got rebounding from the guard position and shot blocking from small forward slash power forward position. I guess we're probably going to see Tatum play more power forward, similar to the way that they utilize Brown. And I, and I don't know if that's because it's a simpler role to play uh, defensively for this team I, I, in terms of assignments and rotations. I don't really know, but it seems like they like to take players in that rookie year that are long and play them at the four. Maybe Tatum's four forever, never a three, and that's certainly a possibility too in today's game but he has been a shot blocker so two major issues from last year rebounding and shot blocking two young players helping fill that void somewhat and Tatum yeah I think that's true I think Tatum has actually done a pretty good job defensively I've been I've been impressed with what he's provided on that end there was no hesitation really in putting Tatum on Giannis the other night. I mean, that, that was, I thought, pretty, pretty crazy that to see that. But, you know, they played off of him, put his hands up, tried to use his, his length to kind of bother passing lanes, which is really what you have to do with Giannis. There was really only one instance I thought where Giannis got the better of him where Giannis was in the half, was in the full court and kind of got him turned sideways and drew a foul on him. But other than that, I thought Tatum did a fine job. He's done well enough to kind of solidify his spot and earning of a spot in the starting lineup. I'm not sure offensively in terms of movement and and some of those innate things that you need to learn as part of a, a professional offense. But I think he's done a great job in kind of fitting in. He just, they just needs need to more shoot people more doing aggressively. It. Absolutely, he, he needs to be more aggressive. And I know Brad said, you know, stop passing up shots. That's we want you to take more shots. And I agree with that. If you're talking about somebody who has the natural ability. 
to go out and fill some of that void offensively. Maybe it's not how they how he runs in the offense. He's kind of really still more of an isolation scorer. He doesn't really pass a ton once he's in position to shoot, but I'm okay with that. He is doing exactly what I said was the reason I was drawn to him last January. I said his length and his ability to get a shot off was not just something that was going to play out in college. It was something that I felt certain would work against NBA players, and we have found that is the case. Yes, he's been blocked at the rim, but as far as that mid-range to out beyond the arc, it is exactly what I thought it was. He should shoot more. When he can just elevate straight up, and I'm not talking about layups, I think he's going to run into trouble around the rim still, especially because of size too, positioning and creating space to get it off. But if he can get into a set shot with that high release and they even give sag off of him a little bit, I think he's got a really good shot at filling that void scoring-wise, especially on the second unit. There's no reason that he and Terry can't be the guys out there anchoring the scoring load. And maybe you've got to look to Larkin to uh, provide that ball-handling duty if uh, Marcus Smart's going to see more time as the first sub off the bench. You know, I think the more I see that, actually, I think I like the idea of having Tatum in that starting lineup. The same reason I like having Brown there. It's that, you know, they're allowed to kind of play off of others and they're not put into a position where they have to be foisted upon a higher position in the pecking order. I think that's why we see a lot of like bench guards that, that do well, kind of the Lou Williams type where, you know, look, I'm a, I'm a veteran. I know what I need to do. I got to score buckets and just get out of my way. You know, it's very easy to, to do that and do that singularly. Whereas these guys were trying to get them to grow as, in their roles. And it's a lot easier, I think, for Brad perhaps to say, you know, look, Terry, uh, or I should say rather Tatum, Brown, do as well as you can and fill in your role. You need to play off it. You know, you need to be able to, to be a shooter, to, to create opportunities, um, when they're given to you off of the stars. And then defensively, you need to be a solid player. You need to be part of the solution. I think it's a lot easier perhaps to kind of, create those great players by putting them in winning situations with winning players as opposed to maybe using them in the second unit with players less experienced, less prepared, less ability to draw you know defenses and create opportunities for them. So I think that's probably why he's stuck with it. I think I hope he does stick with it because I think using a guy like, you know, Marquis uh, Morris in that second unit, maybe it does create a little bit more space for guys like Terry and others. So you kind of have that veteran savvy that you need in that group because they're, they're really struggling with that second unit. And I, I still agree with you. Help. Yeah. I still agree with you that Tatum should be in the starting lineup. I just think he subs out quick and comes back in and provides some offensive punch, especially because when you're making the transition, there's no reason Terry can't come in and and be that initial sub in where Tatum comes out and then they rotate maybe Brown up in the line a little bit. So I, I definitely still agree with you. I like Brown and Tatum in the starting lineup, but I don't see why Tatum can't still provide a decent amount of minutes and scoring out there with that second unit versus a Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie takes the front end of, you know, that transition. He stays out there the longest, takes most of that middle of the second quarter minutes, you know, early to mid second quarter minutes, and then comes in to finish. And I think Tatum goes out earlier and comes back 
a little bit earlier, maybe towards the end of the first quarter, begin very beginning of the second quarter, and plays the entire second quarter. I mean, again, it's always staggered. It's not a wholesale subs. Right. So I, I can definitely see Tatum still playing a decent amount of time in that second unit. And again, in that same manner with the veterans, just the bench veterans. So what you just mentioned, Baines, Morris, right? And then maybe even a Marcus Smart, who I would still consider to be a veteran, even if offensively he's still we're still waiting on him. Um, but, you know, that group, not all that dissimilar from the starting lineup that way. Well, I think, yeah, I, I, the, I think the issue right now is he's got to find out who he is as an NBA player. I think he's got to answer that question before he's ready to say, okay, jump on my back, boys. I'm going to carry you offensively. And I think that's what he would have to do if he's that guy, that scorer in the second unit, you know, kind of coming off first and then really coming back in with that second unit. Um, as you said at the end of the first half, first quarter. That's Would you the roll with Brown that way then instead and just say slow the game down, attack the rim, yeah. and then if he gets yeah, into foul I, trouble, I have, you just change the game plan? Absolutely. I have more, I have more confidence in Jalen in that role right now just because he's done it and he knows what to do. I mean, ask me He again, has my... more confidence in his role, period. Oh, no I question. Mean, seriously, the leap, he took the third year leap in the yeah. second year. I mean, he really he's, did. Just what is he so doing impressive. out there right now? Yeah. I, I would almost love to see him do – that's what I'm saying. I'd almost love to see him kind of in that space because I think Jalen, he he welcomes it. He wants that. you know. And I'm not saying Tatum doesn't. I think Tatum, he has he's the right He's still finding mentality. his way. He's just He is, new. totally. Yeah, yeah. I think I think we, we foist that upon Brown and say, Brown, hey, go to it, man. Go here's here it is. You know, you're playing with smart, you're playing with, with Rosier, you know, do your thing and, and do what you gotta do. What a difference um, a year makes. It really is. I know. A year ago we're like, well, is no, he, no, no. We, we still a got year Sammy ago G. you were like, not me, God. you. Oh my god! Oh my god! What is this? It just needed to come this? back. It just needed to we come got, back. We got, we got, we got the dude with I the broken ankle, about... and now we're just pointing the fingers at the camera. Hey, yeah, this there guy. it is. There it is. That guy. You. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is, I was on the Brown train early, and when he was in the starting lineup, it didn't take me long to say I wanted him to stay there. Remember the Demar Derozan, and when we play yeah. the Raptors. Yeah. Jalen yeah. needs to be the yeah. guy that's out there, yeah. and yeah. in the starting lineup, he doesn't have to shoulder all the offensive load. And now he yeah. comes back and he's in the starting lineup. And guess what? He's the second best scorer on the team right now. That's insane. That is insane. I, oh, I, I think that's absolutely nutty. I mean, if you had gone back to our draft night show, if we were to show this to our draft night show, 2016, with Sammy Shee losing his mind, you know, yeah. I mean. If you could show this to, I mean, we would be, our minds would be absolutely blown at that point. But it's great. It's a great thing. And, and I think that he is ready for that situation. I didn't one of I, our even, listeners even throw a shoe for that. through his apartment window because they drafted Jalen Brown. True or false? I don't remember that. I yeah, it happened. Fall. What? Yep. Shoe through the window. Guaranteed. Wow. Uh huh. Sammy a, she? No. No, nobody no, no just okay. a listener. A you know, listener. You know the listener. Oh wow. Yeah. You do. Anyway, my point is a lot of people were unhappy with the Jalen Brown pick. Oh yeah. But if you could go back and do that draft all over again, is he going number one? 
I don't know. No, ben Simmons no. just had a triple double, right? <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think, I think, I think Ben Simmons goes one, but does he go ahead? Of what about Ingram? Right, you probably, said it. Probably, and Ingram, Ingram was your boy, but there was a Ingram, there was a moment in time, and it wasn't right at the draft. Matters. Yeah, development matters. I mean, you've got him in a in a toxic waste site of a of a franchise, and you got Jalen Brown learning from. <laughs> Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge and IT and going to the playoffs. I mean, you know, I, I, that's you got to tip your cap to Danny Ainge, but 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 it's a whole process that happens there to make that work. I love Tatum. Uh, I, you know, I love what he's come. Up. I think he's a better prospect than Brown. But what Brown has done from where he was to where he is is just unfathomable. It's amazing. And, the work you know, ethic, dude, wow, is incredible, and the just the strength. I mean, seriously, when they what was one of the biggest things that they said about him? They said he was coming into the NBA, or he was coming into the league with an NBA ready body. That was a Absolutely. big reason, or not a big reason, but it was something that they cited oh. heavily in their choice of uh, Jalen Brown with that number three pick. Mm-hmm. And what's Chris Dunn doing right now? He's been hurt, but yeah, not hasn't done a whole lot there in old Chi Town. Not much. How's not Buddy much. Heald doing? How's How's Buddy Heald? Eh, Sack Town ain't the best town, you know. Not great. Not great for old Buddy. So Jalen Brown yeah. is now starting for the Celtics, and spent think, a good stint of his rookie year in that same spot. I think you got Jamal Murray. You got. Who was got, my number two? That was the other guy I liked. I was all about and, Jamal Murray. And Simmons. I think those three you can feel good about in terms of that top ten. Yeah. I and that was it was. What not about Marquise Chris? Do you like Marquise Chris? Because he was so I don't young. Know. He was a raw. Let's talent. ask her let's ask Earl Watson what he thinks about Marquise Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you yeah. got him on speed dial? Let's bring him up. <laughs> Hold on, everybody. Hold on one sec. Noah Watson's free. So, (laughs) you know, now, you know, I I think, yeah, how they've gone, how they developed this has been amazing. And, and you see, okay, so are there things that you can develop, you know, building blocks and say, okay, we did it with Jalen Brown. This is what we can do with Tatum, you know, and I think, I think a year from now, Tatum is going to be beyond where Brown is. And I think that says a lot amazingly. That says quite a bit. Um, just because I think he's going to have that role, that scoring role is just going to be defined for him. He's just got to figure it out. And he's got so many reps between now and the end of the season. Um, again, this is not, you know, well, making the best of a bad, it's making the best of a bad situation. It's a silver lining to the cloud. You know, this isn't, well, thank goodness it worked out that way. No, that's nuts. But what he has done to be able to kind of, what he's going to be able to do, I should say, because of the situation, the reps he's going to get, it's going to be tremendous. And and you're right. By the end of the year, he I could completely go plus to the point where he could take that second unit yeah. and say, yeah, I'm ready to be the leader. And Kyrie's on one, and I'm on the other, and Jalen's kind of floating in between. Rozier's doing it. Boom. I mean, now we're ready to roll. And we're going to Cleveland. We're going to play those guys. And I got Gordon Hayward coming back to join the team. 
I think who, that's a completely possibility for the Celtics this year. I completely agree, and I was optimistic that night. I did the CLNS post-game show with Bobby Manning. We talked about it. I said, I still think there's a shot he comes back. So you're right. And here's the other thing. Hayward can come back in seamlessly. I mean, that's just the kind of player he is. He's not going to disrupt what they do. And you have Brown and Tatum that are playing, what, 35-plus minutes a night right now? Sure, that'll dip a little bit when Morris comes back, but not a ton. So them being thrust into this role, and with all the practice time like we did, like we talked about to kick off the show, really, early on, having that extra practice time, it I actually feel pretty good about it. Do they fall down in the standings? Absolutely. They're 1-2 and two right now. But two hard-fought games and two very narrow losses when really the worst couldn't have happened. (laughs) The worst did happen. So with that in mind, here we are. We're looking at the upcoming week. They've got the Knicks. Let's break this down before we wrap. Um, Looking at the schedule ahead, John, I mean, I think the Knicks are a mess. We're both going to win there, correct? Take us to the next game. No question. And and really, it's about Thursday night in Milwaukee. that's it's payback time. Uh, you know, look, Giannis is playing at another level right now. He is absolutely an MVP candidate. He is absolutely leading them somewhere. But I'm just not impressed with the Bucks team, their franchise. I, I just something is amiss there. There isn't as much talent. I feel like they caught the Celtics at a really desperate time for them uh, less than 24 hours after Hayward's injury and obviously all the the chaos that goes with that I think the Celtics can get a win in Milwaukee I know it's not back in the bird era that was always a hard place to win but the Mecca is gone uh the Bradley Center you know this is I, I think they can do this I think they can get a win in Milwaukee and I think that would send a really good message to the team something they need they need good karma at this point they need some good energy and I think that they could get that Thursday night against the Bucks. Yeah, I think the practice time they probably have prepared for that game and they did just see them and they know that they were well, I know that they were able to watch a lot of film. So the adjustments are there that'll definitely put them in position to be able to get a win. Even if they don't, the game after that's against the Miami Heat. It's hard not to see this team at least at five hundred by the time you and I come back for my know we've released on Tuesday mornings as of late, but we should be back to our Monday release date for the show starting next week. By the time we come back for that show, it's hard to envision them not at least being three and three with, to your point, the potential of being four and two if they're able to steal one on the road in Milwaukee. I, I think it's, I think it's hard to predict a lot of where they are just because of there's so much inconsistency and so much that we just don't know about how the pieces are going to fit together. Who would have thought Shane Larkin would be leading them uh, in, for a good part of the fourth against the Sixers the other night? But you're right. I think that they will get to at least a 3-3 three and three situation, maybe 4-2. and two. Um, You know, Miami's a good team, not a great team. Uh, it'd be great to see Kelly Olenek uh, to renew those acquaintances on Saturday night against the Heat. But this is a maybe situation. Maybe Tatum can pull his arm out of socket. Oh, dude. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, keep Kelly away from all the people on our team. It's not intentional. It's just, it's just business, man. Okay. We've had a bad week when it comes to the Celtics. Take it easy situation. on us. You know, you Let's, love us. Yeah. I mean, Kelly, just, just 
chill out, man. Um, no, I, this is, it's going to be a fun game. The Heat are, are a really entertaining team. It'll be interesting to see how they play with against Whiteside with this team. Um, I wonder at what point, though, the team around Kyrie settles down and then Kyrie can find his level. It would be interesting to see if if a game like Miami where, you know, or Milwaukee where he's really not going against top-tier point guards, is that going to be what he needs to get over the top? Or does he need to go against somebody who's in his class of player and he needs that to kind of get that extra bit of energy and really go push it over the top? I don't see it this coming week. Certainly not the Knicks. Certainly not the Bucks. I don't think it's the Heat either, but maybe it comes the following week. That's what I'm kind of looking to see is when does Kyrie go supernova? We know certainly know he has it in him. He does, but the problem is, is that was the big knock on him in Cleveland, right? One of the, part of the, one of the major reasons for him coming to Boston was getting into Brad Stevens' system and shaking that whole, oh, he's a selfish player. He can't, you know, he doesn't direct the offense, da 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 da. I think that's where a lot of his selfless to a fault and I don't think it's to a fault. I like it. I want him to keep sharing the ball. And, uh, you know, I suppose if they've got to get some wins after a stretch, when it's if it's just not working out, then he needs to take over here and there. But I do like the fact that he's getting other players involved because I think that's the way that this team wants to play. I think it's the ideal Brad Stevens system. And so I like that he's playing within that system. So, yeah, when does he go supernova? I... If they get hurting, if that New York game is a little too close against a subpar team, I could see him get a win and then start moving in that direction. But I hope he fights the urge enough. Not enough that they start piling up losses, but I hope he fights the urge enough that he starts to get somebody else to really be able to step up into some sort of a closer role alongside him. The worst thing would be to allow opposing defenses to just game plan for Kyrie. Once that switch happens, we're in trouble. So, yeah, I'm excited for Supernova Kyrie, maybe in one or two games, spot here and there, but if it starts to become a pattern, I'm going to be really concerned about the prospects for this team, you know, especially record-wise, and definitely if Hayward doesn't come back it's important other players step up it's important that Kyrie shows the patience to allow that to happen I, I don't think I mean right now he's averaging 19 field goal attempts um, per game I don't think that that's too much um, and I think you can be an efficient yet dynamic scorer and I think that's what I'm really talking about is it's not so much taking the Ky- the Kobe like you know 35 shots you know I don't think that that's what I'm talking about it's just as much as more, maybe more efficient being able to get more points on less shots um, you know he's I think he's shooting the right amount of number of shots and 20 25 that's a good number of shots that's not uh, you know insignificant number but it seems like a lot of them are forced a lot of them are in bad situations and I think that's just a, a function of not being meshed as a team, not having teammates who know where to move and how to cut together and how to move together. And, and I think that will resolve itself. What I'm wondering is when are all the pieces going to kind of come together? Kyrie can do what he does, but do it in the flow of what Brad Stevens is pulling together. It's not an easy thing. I mean, IT did not come together, you know, yesterday. This took time. It took, you know, two and a half years of IT being IT to really go to where he was. When it'll he be, it'll be February. It's hard, it'll to, be- it's hard to expect that of, of Kyrie, but he has it in him. We all know he does. It's just a question of when, not, yeah. not if. The whole team coming together, it'll be February. I think Kyrie, by the holidays, will know where he's at and where he thinks this team is at. But for all the pieces to slot in, it's going to be pretty close to the all-star break. 
before we really see that consistency and some of the younger players start to click. Remember Jalen Brown? That's kind of when it happened for him. I mean, it helps to get minutes, and so maybe Tatum comes along a little bit more quickly, but with the youth on the bench and so many of them being rookies, and, you know, unfortunately we don't have enough time to talk about Jabari Bird, but we'll get to him next week. I'm sure he's sticking with the club, and there'll be ample opportunity for us to talk about him as well. I would target February as really when everything starts to gel and, and the things that the rookies are learning will start to be played out more consistently on the floor. But John, we've run out of time. Uh, this is a fast one, a quick hitter, and we're going to be back in six days with another show next Monday morning, back on our regular schedule. So everybody be on the lookout for that. And at least we'll have a few more games. So we'll get a chance to see if these guys are coming together or not. Maybe they'll uh, meet or exceed my February deadline on that. But just a reminder, the broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. And don't forget, follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember that you can help support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. And a quick Quick reminder that this is the best show in the world. That's right. For staff writer Samuel Elias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poulin. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live. Celtic Stuff Live.